Exactly one year ago, I was getting ready to launch this podcast, The Campfire Circle. 28 episodes later, I have discovered a few surprising benefits about podcasting that anyone wanting to get more visible as a go-to guide would probably want to know about. And yes, of course, there have been some obvious benefits like growing my reach and brand awareness and credibility. But today, I actually want to tell you about some of the pleasant surprises that I have discovered one year later. And so if you are thinking about starting a podcast, if you're newer to podcasting, or honestly, even if you have been podcasting for years, this episode is for you. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Campfire Circle. I'm your host, Tanya Bhattacharya, and I empower purpose-driven women in building influential personal brands that drive change and raise revenue. We all talk about getting a seat at the table, but why though? Who wants to sit in a stuffy boardroom anyway? Let's reimagine the ultimate space of leadership as a campfire circle, where we share stories that inspire movements, build brave communities to huddle together with for warmth, and where there is always room. Come sit with us. Okay, so before we get into it, let's just rewind it back one revolution around the sun as I was getting ready to birth the Campfire Circle podcast into the world. So my intention, what I really wanted to do with this podcast was to have vulnerable and helpful and authentic conversations about marketing, about growing a consultancy or a small business. Through the practice of thought leadership, I wanted to talk about navigating systematically limited beliefs around showing up as that go-to voice in our niche, as that practice guide. And by doing so, I really wanted to shine a light on our collective experiences of imposter thoughts, of perfectionism, right? So that folks could really begin to see and recognize the systems that are making us feel this way and to understand that we're not alone in this, right? That you're not alone in this experience. And so I knew these conversations were obviously going to be intimate and deep and kind of longer. So a podcast felt like the best way to do that. And my hope was that it would ripple out beyond these conversations, these recorded, you know, podcasts that are in your ears and build enough residence and maybe build enough of like a movement for others to begin having similar conversations in their own spaces and communities, even if I was never necessarily part of those conversations, right? So with that intention in mind, 28 episodes later, we are here and I have been reflecting on the outcome, right? One year later, like what has gone on? And as I've sat with it, there have been five surprising benefits of launching and hosting a podcast that have really come to mind for me. And so I'm going to share those with you today. And so the first one is really being able to practice emergent conversations that have sharpened my listening skills. And so when I listen to my earliest episodes, I can't help but remember how in control of the conversation I wanted to be. I had my questions already and I had this shape of where I wanted the conversation to go, like these preconceived notions of what we had to talk about. And to some extent, that's fine because some level of preparation is important. But I think there's an art and a beauty to finding the spirit of what needs to be shared and letting the conversation go where it's meant to go. And so one of my key influences is Adrian Marie Brown. And I've shared a couple of times, I think, on this podcast and kind of anywhere I go, 
that I think her book, Emergent Strategy, is just required reading for anyone involved in change work, which if you're listening to this, you are most likely interested in the practice of thought leadership. And so you are interested in change work by definition, you know. And by the way, I define thought leadership as a practice of using our passion, our experience, and our credibility as fuel to spark trust and community as we imagine and shape the future together for the better. So essentially, long story short, it's using the innate gifts that we already have to foster just change. And so one of the principles of emergent strategy in the book is less prep, more presence. Another one is there's a conversation in the room that only these people at this moment can have. Find it. And so the only way to get there in a live podcast conversation is to let go of the, like, you know, just to let go. It's just to let go so that we can ramble together. And that might mean we won't get to a certain question I really wanted to ask or, you know, a a certain point I really wanted to get across. But that doesn't matter because we will get to some other delightful destination that I maybe had no idea was even available to us. So as an example, In episode 12, I interviewed Lola Bakary, who's a friend of mine, and she's an inclusive marketing strategist and an advisor for household name global brands. And so I asked her the story of what she's grown through to become the guide she is today, like I do in every single episode. And something caught me about what she said in her story. And so, yeah, I could have barreled ahead to my next pre-prepared question, like question number two in service of checking off the list and finishing in time. But I just had to like pause and put an exclamation point on what she had shared about always having been an advisor, even when she was a young child. And so that made me remember how I tried to create a brand for my family when I was a kid, calling an important family meeting so that we could all get on the same page about our family color, our family animal, and other very, very key points. You know, and I think our color was pink. I think our favorite animal was dinosaur. I would have been more strategic now, but the point still stands. We usually have a innate skill set, calling. We are usually just meant to do something specific. And there's generally some remnant of that in what we do today. And so let's like reflect on those experiences and talk about it as we build our brand. That is such a a way to dismantle imposter thoughts, you know, once we realize that we have been doing this stuff our whole lives. So how could we ever be an imposter? And so that unscripted moment in the conversations, it changed the way our conversation happened between Lola and I. And we've continued that conversations, right, in a variety of ways as we've continued to realize that we are meeting a moment that has been waiting for us since childhood. And so I think there's a couple of reasons why we try to control a conversation or try to stick to a script versus letting it be emergent. You know, there's a natural time limit. Like I keep interviews to 40 minutes. I keep solo pods to 20 minutes. You know, I want the conversation to make sense. So I don't necessarily want to go to a place where I feel like I don't know what to say or it starts getting rambly, even though in retrospect, those are always the best conversations. What else? I always want to honor the person who has given me and you this time out of their calendar and like squeeze the most juice out of it. But even now, as I say that, I realize how extractive that can be. And what I do know is that 
practicing entering the wilderness of a real conversation can knock us out of prep and into presence, which is such a skill set that is key for any coach, consultant, service provider, you know, nonprofit professional, any human who works and holds space with other humans in service of change. Like we've got to be able to let the change happen. And so the podcast has helped me practice doing that. And that brings me to the second surprising benefit, somewhat related, but different, which is practicing publishing my perspective to then nurture my own voice. And so when I started the podcast a year ago, I figured all of the episodes would be interviews with people who I respected, who I learned from, and honestly, who had audiences that I wanted to get in front of. And, you know, part of that was like because of a fear or a negative thought that I wasn't sure if anybody would ever listen to my solo episodes or if new friends would even be able to find them. And it turns out from the numbers that that's not actually the case because my solo episodes generally have, you know, about as much listenership as the interviews. Usually a a little bit less, but about the same. And so there's two reasons why I think this concept of practicing our own voice is a huge benefit. And so first of all, it can be really hard to create enough white space in our brain and our calendar to have original thoughts that feel worthy of sharing, especially on a place like LinkedIn. But getting these inner thoughts and feelings and nudges out into the world is actually how we disseminate our wisdom and put it into a form that's usable and helpful for other people. So that that's a benefit. And secondly, it's a benefit because, you know, so often we have been conditioned into being seen and not heard or peppering our language with hedging words like, you know, gremlin words, right? Like little or just or small or just like just in general being apologetic for taking up space. But podcasting allows us to create a space that is fully ours. And, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, how we do one thing is how we do everything. So having this space to practice just like talking and getting out what's in my brain, you know, in a long form kind of way, that helps us get our opinions and our stories and our thoughts out and show up more fully in all of the spaces that we're in because we're gaining practice, right? When we have to practice, there's no other way around it. Like there's the only way through is through, unfortunately. And so, yeah, having that space to practice my own thoughts has been really helpful. Hey, if anything you're hearing today inspires you to get more visible as a go-to trusted voice for your audience and drive change towards your deeper mission, I've got something for you. LinkedIn is my favorite place to share my stories and build relationships with my co-conspirators and brand new friends. So I put together a free resource with 14 prompts to create your next post on LinkedIn. Take all the guesswork out of what to say and just start building your impact and influence. Be sure to tag me in your post so I can come by, cheer you on, and amplify your message. You can find those free prompts in the show notes. Okay, back to the episode. But of course, I love my guests. And that being said, the third benefit I want to share is being able to nurture relationships with epic people who I otherwise probably wouldn't have a reason to spend almost an hour engaged in thoughtful dialogue with. And so time machining back a year as I dreamed up what this podcast would become, I knew I wanted to treat this podcast almost like it was part of my offer suite. 
Like I wanted each episode to be valuable enough that I could put it out into the world as something that I'd feel good about charging for or that people would feel good about paying for. It's free. It's a podcast. I know that. But I wanted it to contain that much value for the people who are listening. And so I figured one way to do that was to invite the people that I had personally learned so much from or who worked directly on the problems that I faced myself while trying to grow my visibility, my personal brand and my social impact led business. And that gave me the chance to learn even more from them and ask them the questions that I really wanted to know in our two-way conversation. So, you know, a little bit self-serving there, but also to keep you in mind as a third person who's there as a listener, like what is it that you would most want to get out of this conversation? And can we get there together? And so looking back, as I scan down, you know, the list of episodes and I look at the list of people who have sat beside me at the Campfire Circle as a guest, I am still in a state of wow that they said yes. You know, people like Denise Brousseau from episode five, because her book, Ready to Be a Thought Leader, was a ripple starter for me when I was still a nonprofit executive director. Like it was a book that was on my bookshelf. I referenced it often. It was one of the things that started me off on this path myself, right? And so it was just such a full circle moment to have a conversation about thought leadership with someone who taught me about thought leadership, right? Who, someone who I regard as like the queen of this work or Ruchika Tulshan in episode 17, because she co-authored the viral, impactful, paradigm shifting article, Stop Telling Women They Have Imposter Syndrome in Harvard Business Review. She co-wrote that with Jodi Ann Bury. And so being able to talk about the practice of inclusion with her, who like literally wrote and published the book on this, was such a fangirl moment. Or even taking it way back to episode one and starting off the podcast with Quinn Conyers, who has blown everyone's mind with the concept of luxury language. I get so many people telling me like that they listen to it and it really shifted their concept of this, you know, especially around removing the word help from your like value statement. And so by the way, if you really want to know how to use brand messaging to go from Steve Urkel to Stefan Urkel, go back and listen to the first episode because that that was, I mean, just that was a whole moment. So I could keep going and I could shout out every single guest that I've had, you know, but like I said, I keep these to 20 minutes. So let's keep it pushing. The fourth surprising benefit of podcasting is being able to educate, inform, inspire, and to overcome objections to change on a larger scale. So for example, Last September, as I launched the Kindling Collective program, which is really for social impact leaders in driving change and raising revenue through LinkedIn, over 100 people submitted an application form. And they shared, you know, because there was a question on the form, what was specifically stopping them from showing up and building their personal brand on LinkedIn? And so from that data, I noticed four major trends that pretty much every single person's answers could be bucketed into. And they were, one, I don't have anything to say. Two, I feel invisible when I try LinkedIn-ing. Three, I'm not really even sure my opinions are worth sharing. And then the fourth one is, you know, LinkedIn feels activating because there's a conception I have of the platform of it being super male, pale, and stale. And so I recorded an entire podcast episode talking about the four barriers to visibility on LinkedIn and how to overcome them sharing inspo and tips, both from a strategic perspective and a systematically limited belief perspective. 
So you can see how this podcast creates a space or a container for me to share those thoughts and responses and hopefully support to try and nudge even just one person closer towards their visibility goals. And I'll often get questions in like the DMs on LinkedIn or in a Slack channel, or I'll just get questions on things related to all kinds of stuff, personal brand related or thought leadership related or LinkedIn related. And I can easily answer them by referencing a past episode. Like if a client is considering or someone is considering doing their first brand photo shoot, I'd recommend they listen to the episode with Raj Bandhapadhai, who's a brand photographer extraordinaire. Or if someone is like, hey, I know you do these one-day intensives. I'm thinking about adding those to my offer suite. I would just send them the episode with Jordan Gill, who is the, you know, queen of VIP days. Or, you know, if they are like, oh, I want to start doing LinkedIn lives, but I'm, I don't know how, and the tech is scary. I'd go tell them to listen to the episode with Cher. Or, you know, if they ask about podcasting, I'd send them this episode. So you can see it's just an easy way for me to give them a comprehensive answer that is easy. It doesn't take up any more of my time. And it's more comprehensive and helpful than anything that I could just say off the cuff. And that does bring up a question that I've gotten actually about, okay, how do you decide what is on the podcast and technically free versus what is part of your paid group program? And so on the podcast, my goal is always to inspire, to inform, to whet people's appetites, to make them think differently, to kind of hopefully drive them towards a, you know, a change in their thoughts. And so in this episode, for example, I'm talking about the benefits of connecting with epic people for the podcast to maybe whet your appetite to do the same thing in your business. But in a client setting or like in my curriculum, it's less about inspiring people to do something, although, you know, that certainly happens through pep talks and whatnot. It's less about the why and more about the tactical steps of how you do something. So like, for example, I would include templates or scripts or examples or coaching to more quickly get them to where they're going. So I would talk about how to actually connect with and nurture relationships with epic people and then provide a template to like do those things and make the ask. You see what I mean? So I hope that's helpful in your own process of figuring out what's like content marketing and what is like a paid offer, right? So then finally, let's get to the last fifth surprising benefit of podcasting which is creating an ongoing repurposable stream of sustainable content. And you might be saying, well, is that really surprising? Like I, that's an obvious thing. Like that's why I'm starting the podcast. So for me, it has been kind of surprising because I'm just now starting to take full advantage of this. So I started off in my business, you know, doing ghostwriting, ghostwriting LinkedIn content for social impact entrepreneurs and executives. And I've since moved into more of a strategy and consulting role. And so sometimes the last thing I want to do is create my own personal content after being so deeply involved and entrenched in like other people's thought leadership. But what I can do is take each episode of this podcast, transcribe it, turn it into like a 2,000, 3,000 word blog, repurpose pieces of it into LinkedIn content, email it to my list, stick it on YouTube maybe throw up an Instagram story. You know, my podcast becomes the place where my content planning starts and everything else, including my ongoing consistent LinkedIn content can flow from there. And that helps me be lazy on LinkedIn because I really only have to come up with one 
solo piece per month. And then I interview someone brilliant and in, like beautiful things emerge from there. And then so my podcast becomes the well from which everything else is drawn from. You see? And so on that point, to just close us out, a few words of advice I have if you are thinking about starting or restarting your podcast, or for that matter, it doesn't have to be a podcast. It could be a LinkedIn Live series. It could be your email newsletter, any kind of consistent visibility practice, right? So one, I want you to pick a cadence that works for you. So if you've been tuning in for a while, you know how I feel about consistency. And so you don't have to release an episode every week if that feels overwhelming. You know, I don't. Do something that feels easeful to stick with, right? And then if you're feeling any of the barriers I mentioned earlier, like the systematically limited beliefs, go listen to that other podcast episode that I'm linking in the show notes and know that you are in great company because every podcast host that you love listening to, that you follow, that you listen to their episodes the day they come out, they probably felt that way too once, right? And then finally, unless you are literally a podcast management business owner or you have a friend who loves to edit podcasts and they're like, please let me volunteer for you, or you have a VA that is great at editing podcasts, hire someone to do the tech pieces, please, because you're a guide in the specific thing that you do. And that probably isn't editing podcasts. So spend your time in your zone of genius, right? That would make me happy. And I am so grateful to my podcast editor, Rosa, and her team at Idea Blossoms because this podcast would not happen without them. So thanks, Rosa, and thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. What'd you think? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or even better, reach out and let me know through lumosmarketing.co. Yes, that's Lumos as in the illumination spell from Harry Potter. Because when you shine, magical things happen. You can get social with me on LinkedIn. And of course, check out the show notes to stay in touch with our guests. Let's talk soon.